Good morning, everyone. What an amazing day today is. Not only is it amazing, but it is a historic day. The America's Black Holocaust Museum is re-emerging today. It is our late, amazing, visionary founder, Dr. James Cameron's 108th birthday today. Our virtual museum turned 10 years old this week. Shout out to Dr. Fran Kaplan and Reggie Jackson. My name is Chantel McKenzie. I am the Chief Operating Officer here at America's Black Holocaust Museum, and I have the honor of being your host this morning. And so sit back, enjoy, take it in, take every moment in from this moment in this tent to when you enter into the doors. And first, we're going to start with an invocation by Reverend Dr. Reginald Blanc. spirit of prayer and blessing. Oh, God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might has led us into the light, we now, oh God, ask that you keep us forever in your path, we pray. Oh God, we come this morning in celebration. We come this morning Grateful, grateful, grateful for the vision of Dr. James Cameron, the Milwaukee leaders who envisioned, who saw the need to remember the lives of black folk who have experienced difficult situations, who have survived, who have been resilient, and who are still overcoming. We thank you, O oh God, for your grace. We thank you, O oh God, for your anointing. We thank you, O oh God, for your blessing. And now, O oh God, as we now reemerge, America's Black Holocaust Museum, may you bless each and every person who comes through its doors. May you allow we all of us to remember what has happened, but also how far we've come. Because we've come this far by faith, leaning on you. Now, shadowed beneath thy hands, may we forever stay true to our God and true to our native land. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Dr. Blount, for that great invocation. So next, we want to honor our ancestors and usher in one of the city's greatest poets, authors, activists, none other than Mr. Kwabanah, Anton Nixon. Good God morning. How we doing, family? Make some noise if you're glad you woke up this morning so I know you're here. You're on the north side of Milwaukee celebrating the reopening and rebirths. You're not loud enough. If you're glad you woke up this morning, clap your hands and make some noise. If you're tired of our kids dying in the streets, make some noise. If you're happy to celebrate, you know it's the God up in heaven. Stand to your feet, clap your hands, be glad we're here. A hundred years celebrating, say, oh, oh, oh. So we do it just like he said. We come in the names. 
So do the poll, and I'll do the names. We come in the names. Dr. James Campbell in the hotel, Izinga, Moses, Jesus, Manamosa, Carter G. Woodson, Langston Hughes, Emmett Till, Four Little Girls in Birmingham, Langston Hughes, Harriet Tubman, Nat Turner, Martin Robs Delaney, David Walker, we come in the names, Dred Scott, Frederick Douglass, Martin, Malcolm Miles, Coltrane, Bob Marley, we come in the names, we come in the names, we come in the names, George Floyd, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, we come in the names, we come in the names, Tupac Shakur, Notorious B.I.G., Big Pun, Michael Jackson, Prince, Aretha Franklin. You see, I'm the representation of 400 years of little black boys being told they'll never amount to nothing. Come on. You see, I'm the representation of 400 years of little black and brown boys being told they'll never amount to nothing. I'm Emmett Till getting my face beat the size of a basketball because somebody said I whistled at a white lady. I'm four little girls in Birmingham being bombed and all I wanted to do was pray. I'm Dr. King giving my greatest speech and I know I'm going to die. I'm Malcolm X in the autumn bomb ball when the bullets are coming but I refuse to duck. I'm Kunta Kente getting my foot cut off and I refuse to call myself Toby. I'm struggling. See the price of white ice, the cost of black life. The baby mama, the ghetto wife. The shiny new ribs, the brand new Tims. The players, the thugs, the drugs, the slugs. The crip, the blood, the lord, the folk. The rich, the broke, the crooked, the straight. Decisions, the fate. Trial, tribulation, gentrification. We move out, they move in. We sell it out, they bring it in. They drink juice, we drink gin. They build jails, we go in. Prisons, plantations, projects, reservation, public school, hold this station, black college campus, remix education. Homicide, genocide, suicide. Holla, holla, when it's gonna stop? Holla, holla, when it's gonna stop? Vengeance on the innocent. Too many politicians ignorant on what needs to be done. Too much of this music glamorized death for fun. Videos of girls and guns. VH1, BET, MTV, reality TV. Pass out millions. Millions of civilians. Homeless, hungry, murder, babies, crying. They study us, but we study dying. But we nine minutes and talking, hoping God will answer. Can y'all hear me now? <laughs> But you know what? Big Mama said behind every dark cloud there's a silver lining. And even though they couldn't to Kente Sweat off, he still ran for freedom. And I swear Dr. King knew he was going to die, but he spoke anyway. And Malcolm saw the bullets coming, but he refused to duck. Progress. America, cause nightmare, is a black man's dream. See, from witches to queens, from ends to gods, from Detroit Red to Malik El Shabazz, we study history, we remove prison bars, we build our own stores, we keep our own dollars, we build our own schools, we bring our own scholars, we holler, holler, we must rise, holler, holler, we must rise. Wipe the red out your eyes, get the smoke out your lungs, no more hypnotic, get hooked on fines, demonstrate and liberate, incarcerate, emancipate, come together, separate, Eliminate element of evil in the community. Drop all the colors, black, brown, and white unity. Persistence, patient. Control anger, control action. Neutralize situation. Listen, there are three R's. Resistance, renaissance, revolution, libation, masses thirsty, drink clear water. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters. Educate, empower, employ, destroy the cycle, break the myth. Ugly music needs a facelift. Knock down, build up, grassroots, plant new seeds. The end is a new beginning. I think I'll let the people see it. Just put your L's and your fists in the air. Cause love. Cause love is all we need. Thank y'all. I think we all can go home now. <laughs> so next up, and I I can't see you guys back there, tech team, but I trust that you have me. We have some video acknowledgments from some national figures uh, that are very close friends to America's Black Holocaust Museum, as well as our president and CEO, Dr. Berg Davis. So first up, there will be a video by Lonnie Bunch, the founding director of the Smithsonian Museum of African American Art and Culture, also the first African American to lead a Smithsonian Museum. Um, after that, there will be a video by Laura Lott, President and CEO of the American Alliance of Museums. And last but not least, this one came in late, Lynette Colvin Robinson from the American Alliance of Museums has also sent us a video. African American Alliance, so I apologize, that one came through late. 
All right, thank you. So, I, not that she sent it late. She's watching. <laughs> it came to us late. And so, we uh, are we ready for that? I can't see any thumbs. Watch the screens, please. What a grand and glorious moment. I am Lonnie Bunch, the founding director of the National Geographic American History and Culture, and currently the secretary of the Smithsonian. And I cannot tell you how honored I am to be able to celebrate the reopening of America's Wicomicos Museum. This is such an important moment for so many reasons. One, it's a way to honor Dr. Cameron. Here is someone who escaped one of the most horrific moments in, in history, lynching, but used that to inspire himself to fight for fairness and racial justice, and ultimately to create a museum that is crucially important because it shines a light on all the dark corners of our history. But really, today, it's even more important than ever. As we see a nation divide, a nation that is afraid to look at its history, a nation that has actually begun to pass laws that prevent people from looking at its history. Museums like the America's Black Holocaust Museum are crucial because they are gathering spots where people can come, be educated, be inspired. And they're also places that make sure we never forget. Because there's nothing more powerful than a nation, than a people, that is steeped in its history and that uses that history to inspire and move us forward. That is what this museum will do. But also on a personal note, I'm so pleased to celebrate Dr. Burt Davis, a friend of mine for more than 20 years. He has taught me so much about zoos and veterinarians, but also about how do you create an organization that is a rebirth, a phoenix-like, and that I want to celebrate the effort that Bert has put into this and his leadership, and I want to congratulate all the supporters who came together to make sure that though a museum closed, it reopened again. So from the Smithsonian, let me just simply say I am honored to be part of this celebration, and I want you to know that what you do matters. Not just in Milwaukee, but around the country. Thank you. Good luck and enjoy this amazing moment. Hello, I'm Laura Lott, President and CEO of the American Alliance of Museums. On behalf of our alliance of over 35,000 museums and museum professionals across the country, I want to congratulate America's Black Holocaust Museum on its historic reopening. It's been a challenging few years for museums across the country. This important museum's physical reopening, in addition to serving its community in Milwaukee and around the world virtually, is truly cause for celebration. There has never been a more critical need for this museum and its work to build public awareness of the harmful legacies of slavery in America and its dedication to truth, reconciliation, and healing. As many more Americans realize the importance of confronting our racist past following the recent murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and so many other tragedies, this museum serves as a memorial for reflecting and remembering, a resource for learning, and a beacon of hope for healing. Thank you to the entire museum community for reinstituting this important space for learning and connecting. Thanks and congratulations to the trustees, to President and CEO Dr. Burt Davis, who also serves on the boards of both AAM and our partner, the Association of African American Museums, and to the community. For this museum is truly of, by, and for the people of Milwaukee, and through its virtual programming, far beyond. Hello, my name is Vedette Coleman-Robinson, and I am the Executive Director for the Association of African American Museums. 
We are absolutely thrilled and excited that America's Black Holocaust Museum is reopening. Uh, congratulations to Dr. Burt and his team on this amazing feat. Uh, just you guys have hit the ground running with your eyes on the prize. Uh, regardless of what's going on in the world with COVID, you've remained tenacious and had an amazing grit with you that we have that we all have embodied throughout the field. We are absolutely positively uh, excited for you, but then also uh, we're so proud of the work that you're doing and the work that you plan on doing, not just for uh, Milwaukee, but then also for the nation. Um, again, congratulations. We are so proud of you. Continue to do amazing work, and we will always be here to support you as you have us. Thank you. This really speaks to what we here at the at America's Black Holocaust Museum really believe that this is not just a museum in and for Milwaukee and its historic Bronzeville neighborhood, but for the country as well as the world. So we really appreciate those video acknowledgments and congratulatory messages. So next up, we have some esteemed elected officials that are going to speak. But before I introduce each one of them, for all of the elected officials that are here with us today, if you're standing, please raise a hand. If you're sitting, if you can stand, please do so. We just want to acknowledge that you're here and thank you for being here with us. Thank you to all of you for your support. We have had so much support from so many departments, municipalities, elected officials, at the beautiful signage that the city made sure uh, is up and, and the county and, and, and everyone involved. We we're so thankful for that. I, as I was getting off the highway today on North Avenue, it was following me all the way from 43 till I turned on north till I turned. I was like, this is a great way to get to work. <laughs> what a beautiful sight. So first up, we have with us Senator Tammy Baldwin. If you would join us, please. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am to join you today for this celebration and how fitting it is that we gather today at the corner of Vell Phillips Avenue. I know that Vell is smiling down on us with that smile we all know so very well. I'm so honored to join all of the elected officials who have gathered here today as well as members of the faith community including Pastor Blunt, uh, uh, and I'd especially like to thank uh, Dr. Uh, Bert Davis, President and CEO of America's Black Holocaust Museum, Reggie Jackson, the museum's head griot, uh, the Legacy Foundation Board, including Board President Ralph Holman and Board Member Virgil Cameron and Virgil's entire family, including his father whose work uh, made today possible. Above all else, Dr. James Cameron was a teacher who embraced his own life experience and shared it with others. And he did so with a dedication to raising America's uh, consciousness about the atrocity of lynching and the injustices suffered by people of African descent in America. In many ways, the reemergence of America's Black Holocaust Museum that we celebrate is a reflection of persistent reemergence that defined his life and inspires all of us today. Dr. Cameron so rightly believed that only by sharing the hard truths about our nation's history could we move forward with uh, uh, racial repair, reconciliation, and healing. As others today seek to ignore, whitewash, public awareness of how harmful legacies of slavery, lynching, 
and Jim Crow are in America, how right we are to join together, guided by a vision of a society that remembers its past in order to shape a better future. On Monday, when I return to Washington, D.C., I will be submitting a congressional record statement to honor Dr. James Cameron and recognize today's grand re-emergence of America's Black Holocaust Museum. It It reads in part, this will be a home for others to take the lessons that in order to create an equitable world, we must first create a world willing to grow. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a part of this effort to create that world. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce my good friend, Congresswoman Gwen Moore. sisters who have made this day possible, starting, of course, with the late, great Dr. Cameron, who I had the privilege to know and love in life. And I mean, to think of someone who is the only survivor of a lynching, to have the spirit of humility the reconciliation that he had warms my heart each and every single day. I just want to thank the current board of directors, Ralph Holman, all those folks who are sit on that board. I want to thank Dr. Burke Davis for his stewardship, <laughs> Reggie Jackson. Let me just thank Dr. Fred Kaplan. Even though I ain't on her payroll no more. That was like I worked for her like 40 years ago. I just want to thank her for her dogged determination to keep this thing going. And I just want you to know, Virgil, that you're out there, that your father will live forever through this institution. on this task at a point in which and I, my colleague, the senator mentioned Bill Phillips when she was whispering in my ear Gwen, I think we gonna, they gonna name 4th Street after me. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and this school, 4th Street School, where I go, we're going to have America's Black Holocaust Museum someday on this spot. And I became a member of an advisory board, advising, you know how it is when you just advise on something that ain't even real. <laughs> I'm advising on this, y'all. <laughs> and I went and got some, a few dollars of seed money from the museum fund under the federal government. And this is what it is that brought us today. along the way, and I mean speed bus literally. Some that we're experiencing witnessing today. I was so proud of this museum that I was a, a member of the Committee on Joint Finance at the time. Those of you in the state who know about joint finance know this is a nice place to be. <laughs> and I put an amendment in to the transportation budget to get a sign that, that directed people to America's Black Holocaust Museum. But, and I used to just drive on and off the freeway so I could see the sign. <laughs> but I had a colleague, I won't mention his name, who spent year after year after year while I was in the state senate and after I left trying to get that sign down. 
That person has moved on to higher office. But guess what? Dr. Burke and, and, the, and the, 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 the senator told me, that signed back up today, y'all. <laughs> like the fetus rising up from the ashes. That signpost is going to lead us to a future. And it doesn't matter how many bills they put together against CRT and against our learning about our history because I'm telling you, just like Kwabana said when he was up here, all of that stuff reminds us of how great we are. Thank you. Am I now introducing His Excellency, <laughs> the Governor of the State of Wisconsin, y'all, Tony Ingram. to be part of a really significant moment in our state and our nation's history. The official grand opening of America's Black Holocaust Museum right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'd like to recognize all the people who work, their hard work, their dedication, their passion, made today possible. And the folks who have supported the museum's reopening every step of the way. Everybody should be incredibly proud of what you built here in the Brownsville neighborhood and the city of Milwaukee. And know that our state is a stronger, better place thanks to your efforts. <laughs> America's Black Holocaust Museum serves as a necessary reminder of the injustices that black people in this country have endured and the work we need to do to rectify our wrongs. The, the reminder powerfully resonates uh, in the name of this institution and throughout its exhibits that not only do we need to remember this history, but it's important that we never forget. We know that we have a lot of work to do to realize the kind of future that we want for our state, one that is more equitable, more just, and where everyone can thrive. And this work is, must continue across our state and across the city of Milwaukee, where historically many of the quality of life indicators for black people have been, have been and continue to be low. So while we celebrate the collaboration and the support that went into bringing this brand up reopening to the public after many years, today serves as a reminder to me that there is much more work to be done. I have no doubt that the museum will bring together residents from all over our community, the city, and the state of Wisconsin to advance the work that is needed to address the many injustices that are facing our black communities and other communities of color, including health and racial inequity, protecting the right of every eligible voter to cast their ballot, Ensuring kids have a quality education at every level, regardless of their zip code, and reforming our justice system. Today, as we celebrate all the collaboration and the support that went into bringing this grand reopening to the public after many years, we reaffirm our commitment to righting the wrongs of the past and the present and to solving these issues together. So, with that, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so glad that America's Black Holocaust Museum is re-emerging, reopening, and look forward to a great future. So thank you so much for inviting me here.
Well, obviously, I am not the beautiful and brilliant Auburn woman, Malele Cox. <laughs> Unfortunately, Auburn woman Cox is not feeling well this morning and could not join us. However, she did send a citation from the city's common council. And I'm going to ask Alderman Russell Stamper, surprise, would you come up here and read it on <laughs> the common council's behalf? Yeah, stay ready, stay ready. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I used to volunteer at the museum back in the day. My mother worked there for about 10, 15 years and used to take me through the, through the Holocaust Park. And as you go through the Holocaust Park, I know this for black people. I don't, I don't know for white people. But for black people, when you go through the Holocaust Park, you feel Dr. Cameron, you feel the resurgence, and you feel a little bit on how slavery could have been. And I used to thank my mother for uh, all the volunteer hours and all the work she used to do at the museum and had the pleasure of working and volunteering and learning from Dr. Cameron for many years. And we had Grant Soul Food Restaurant. <laughs> Home of the football the Soul Max. Shout out to my grandparents. So I didn't know I was going to speak. I was in the back chilling. Uh, <laughs> enjoying the event, everybody's doing a good job. It's a wonderful occasion. Congratulations, Dr. Burke. Congratulations, Dr. Uh, so I was, I was calling all of my colleagues, like, hey, where are you? I'm on my way to pick you up if you need me. I was coming down home, but she said she wasn't feeling well, so I don't know if she did this. But uh, I want to thank her for this opportunity. So let me read this thing and, and keep going. America's Black Holocaust. Museum celebrated in grand reopening on February 25th, 2022, with a special ceremony held at 401 West North Avenue. And whereas America's Black Holocaust Museum was founded in 1988 by Dr. James Cameron, who as a teenager survived a lynching in 1930. The only known survivor of a lynching in U.S. history, and he proceeded to dedicate his entire life to achieving the public about educating, excuse me, the public about the injustices suffered by people of African descent in America. In 1992, Dr. Cameron acquired a spacious freestanding building at North 4th Street, today North Bell R. Phillips Avenue and West North Avenue, which he renovated and opened up on June 10th day, 1994, with expanded exhibits, and the museum attracted many local, national, and international visitors. And with many taking guided tours led by Grits, descendants who interpreted the exhibits and promoted dialogue with and among visitors. On Dr. Cameron's birthday, February 25, 2012, ABHM, American Black Holocaust Museum, come back to life as a unique, cutting-edge, interactive, virtual museum, making the ABHM available to people around the world who would otherwise have no access to its unique educational resources. And each year, its 3,200-plus page online museum serves millions of visitors, students and adults alike, in more than 200 countries. And whereas America's Black Holocaust Museum is a museum dedicated to both history and ongoing commemoration, history museums study, exhibit, and interpret objects of historical value and memorial museums are dedicated to contextualizing 
and commemorating <laughs> past events of mass suffering, now therefore be it resolved that the Common Council of the City of Milwaukee hereas congratulates America's Black Holocaust Museum on its grand reopening on the birthday anniversary of founder Dr. James Cameron and wishes for a continued success and prosperity. Introduced by the Common Council members, all the women, Malele Kais, and the rest of us. Thank you. Now, just uh, so you know, when, and I'm sure everyone can attest to this, once you look up at the lights to look down at some tiny font, <laughs> it's a difficult thing. So, you did great. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, we have our esteemed mayor, Cavalier Johnson, who's going to come up and close our elected officials' remarks. Understanding of that history, the unvarnished history of black people in America. And it's essential, I think, that we have an understanding of what that history was in our country. It's been a constant challenge to share the truth about our history, about the black experience here in this country, here in the United States. The first draft of that history was too often defined by writers who glossed over the horrors of racism and oppression, Jim Crow, Reconstruction, here in the United States. Understanding the truth is about setting a course for the future so that we don't relive the mistakes that we made in the past, and for that matter, the mistakes of our present times. The governor was just talking about, that the congresswoman was just talking about, that the senator was just talking about. We must know history to fully understand economic disparities, health disparities, and disparities that we face in our communities on a daily basis. We must know history to combat discrimination in housing, in education, and in voting rights. Yes, we honor James Cameron, Dr. James Cameron, uh, for both his work and his personal story that set this museum to be on its course. We honor all those who work to broaden the America's Black Holocaust Museum experience. Fran Kaplan's name was mentioned, somebody I worked with uh, some years ago, who, as Congresswoman Porch said, was dogged, absolutely dogged, for so many years to bring the, 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 the experience of this museum to life, even in a virtual format, before being virtual was cool. So thank you, Dr. Kaplan. America's Black Holocaust Museum is an important cultural and educational asset here in Milwaukee. It was in the past. It will be again, thanks to this reemergence. So today, we officially reopen the doors, and at the same time, reopen eyes and reopen minds to the experiences of Dr. James Cameron and the experiences of so many who came before us. And I'll say this as a, as a point of personal privilege, that I was sitting next to our county executive, David Crowley, and uh, I lived not terribly far from here for a time uh, when I was growing up, but I never had the opportunity to go to America's Black Holocaust Museum. Uh, just like there are so many kids, so many young black kids in this city that, even though we live so close to Lake Michigan, never get to see the waves crash on the shore. So thanks to the work, we talked about the, the, the dogged determination of some, I know she can't be here, but I really want to thank Alderwoman Lele Cobbs. I do. And not just all the women cogs, but also Melissa Allen, who is here. Melissa, you'll stand up just for a moment. Because it's the, those two, there, there are so many people to back here, but those two women, it's those two women 
who refused, they absolutely refused to allow for Dr. Cameron's experiences to fade away. And for that reason, all of us are here gathered today on the reemergence of this museum on his 108th birthday. And by the way, uh, as mayor, I proclaim today to be Dr. Cameron Day throughout the entire city of Milwaukee on his birthday. Thank you. neighbors here so I just want to say hello to all of you and if you didn't see the New York Times Bronzeville was noted on its global list of places to visit to change the world in 2022 I am purposely being very short with my words because I know that our CEO and president has many as he comes up to acknowledge Okay. <laughs> so that's why I'm not doing shout outs or no stand ups. I'm, I'm leaving all that for you, including the board. I'm looking over at you. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm like double dutching, but I'm going to let him do that. So, but next up, I want to uh, introduce one of the most important people here, if not the. Uh, when I first started working with America's Black Holocaust Museum, one of the first projects I did was some archival footage. And the first person I got to film was Virgil Cameron. And hearing him speak about his father that I never had the pleasure of meeting made me want to be a part of this legacy. It made me want to help with the work. It stirred something up on the inside of me that I know will stay with me for the rest of my life. And Virgil, I want to thank you for that. You really touched my heart. And you changed the trajectory of my career. You really did. And so thank you. So that being said, I would like to call up Dr. Cameron's son on Honorary Dr. Cameron Street. We haven't mentioned that. I don't know if you remember that. To come up and say a few remarks, please. on how we got to where we are today. And I recall in 2008, Reggie Jackson, myself, and two volunteers were busy packing up artifacts in America's Black Holocaust Museum because we were closing. And uh, that was a traumatic day. We were talking and wondering how we were going to get this thing reopened. Dr. Fran's name came up. She invited us to meet at her house whenever to have meetings at, and to figure out a way to reopen or bring back the museum. We sat around her dining room table, and by the way, Fran, I think that dining room table should go to the Smithsonian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were there for uh, months on end trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden, Dr. Kaplan uh, came up with the idea of a virtual museum. She worked hard, as people have acknowledged, uh, to get this virtual museum open. Uh, and today, that museum is flourishing virtually. And another person that was uh, that's not here today, Alta Woman, Melinda Cox, was also having meetings that I got involved with. and. We're talking about bringing Bronzeville back with America's Black Holocaust Museum as an anchor. Outstanding idea. And uh, then this angel appeared, this architect named Melissa Allen. And uh, she had an idea that she was going to renovate Garfield Avenue School into apartments. And her vision looked north and said, 
I have a vision of a huge complex, housing, apartments, and on the ground floor, America's Black Holocaust Museum would be there. And uh, of course, I said, absolutely. Thank you very much, you know. And here we are today. And I, I'm looking back, and it seemed like, I know it's 14 years, but it seemed like it was like six months because of all the work that was involved and the village that got involved. And like they say, it takes a village. And we, we did it. And thank you so much. And the only thing I have to say right now is, I know my mom and dad are probably celebrating, partying, and uh, I just want to wish my dad happy birthday. And, and,
and have the humility and the compassion to say, I am not going to be upset. I'm going to be invigorated. This is going to change. And you mentioned the word trajectory. I'm coming back to you on that one. Change the trajectory of his life. His son's life. This became his life work. Can you imagine during a time right now where we need a museum like this more so than ever that we would have it here in Bronzeville and in Milwaukee in our state? As the late great Dr. King said, now is the time. Now is the time for us to reemerge and reimagine this museum. Because if not us, then who? If not us, then who? So I, I know that I have to mention a few things, and I'm really happy that so many of you mentioned and said the things that I was actually going to say. But you did it very well, so thank you. Especially you, Cavalier, talking about the, our two African-American queens that made sure we are here. That is epic. Okay. I have to make some, I have to say some things about the people that are really special to me. First and foremost, I have to thank my parents. They are here from Chicago. I have to thank my sister who's here from New Jersey. And just, you know, to be, allow me to be a bit colloquial, my mother's 85 and my dad is 94. So as they say, black don't crack. I want to make sure you get that. Okay, I want to thank my Tuskegee family that's here. My alma mater. My fraternity brothers, my dear fraternity brothers, Alpha Phi Alpha, that are here. My staff and consultants who are all here, staff members that are here, please make sure you raise your hands. You're not raising your hand? Our board members, we mentioned Ralph. All of our board members, please raise your hand. And now they're here. Our donors, any of you who are donors, please raise your hand. And there is one specific donor who I understand is here, and that is your predecessor, um, Chris Abley. If Chris is here, could he raise his hand? Or, okay. All right, so let me, let me give you a real brief, because Ralph actually told this story much better than me. Um, let me give you a little brief history on the significance of people taking the lead, right? This is someone taking the lead. Chris Abley had and has a tremendous amount of respect for Dr. Cameron. There's a proclamation in my office from Chris to the museum on behalf of Dr. Cameron. When there was this groundswell of how we're going to reimagine and reemerge the museum, Chris was the first person to step up and say, okay, here's a check for $100,000. But here's the thing, oh yeah, please, round of applause. Okay, so I want you to remember these words. No one can save us from us but us. So then Chris turned to Ralph and others and said, so now you match it. Ralph said, we're going to approach this in two different ways. Because many funding organizations say, number one, if you want our money, and our dear friends from the Greater Milwaukee Foundation are here and they know this, then you have to have 100% board participation. But here's the other thing, and once again, I'm, allow me to be colloquial. Funders are looking at black organizations other peoples of color, all other organizations and say, are your people supporting you? Right? Ralph 
both went and found what we call our legacy circle. Ten families that are African American and said, pony up. From that, we were able to raise over $480,000 on Chris's $100,000. Thank our good friends from all of our all of our community organizations: Village Milwaukee, GMF. It's too many to name. Um, all of our other museum partners and leaders. I have to make a special thanks to Dr. Eve Hall and the Urban League, our neighbors, literally our next door neighbors. When there were, when there's nothing, when there was nothing more than studs in the wall and drywall, as Brad said, uh, Dr. Eve put us up literally in the Urban League. I think we had our board meetings there. We had staff there before we had any offices. So a special shout out to Eve. Thank you. Um, okay, so you guys basically have heard about this from everyone. Oh no, I want to go back to trajectory. So you said that Virgil changed your trajectory, but I write the check for you. <laughs> Am I missing something here? Yeah, he thought you were going to get away with it, didn't he? No. Not yet. Okay. Alright, so we talked about the, uh, the dynamic duel. We talked about Fran and Reggie and Virgil. But let me, let's really break it down brass tacks for you. There's one person in this room who really is not going to want to come up here. I might have to pull him, tug him, beat him, drug him. But he, if it were not for him, nuts. Hey, hey, so now he takes the seat. He's been standing the whole time, giving me fist pumps in the air. Texting and <laughs> when 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 you talk about change of trajectory, this man is a filmmaker. He was so inspired by Dr. Cameron that he literally changed his life work, and his name is Brad Pruitt. <laughs> standing on the shoulders of Kaplan and Jackson and Cameron and Goins and Cods. But this physical space right here and the content that you are about to experience, experience is because of him. Not me. and see it, but I want to just give you a little hint of what is to come. So, we roughly have about 5,000 square feet of 500 years of history, so it's a lot of distillation, but a couple of things have happened, praise the Lord, that will allow us to grow. I was very, very fortunate to develop a relationship with an anonymous donor, and we received back in December a $10 million donation. And so because of that, we've already purchased a building right across the street, which will quadruple the size of the museum. Um, so we are going to... Like they say, we've only just begun. But I will, I will end this with this. The vision of Dr. Cameron, I am going to extend that vision. And that the museum is always going to be in a museum. And, as, and a museum is really a collection of experiences. We don't create history. We interpret history. We educate about our history, about our culture, and about our art. But my vision for the museum 
is to make it and create an academic center of excellence around the study of race. And that we will have scholars from around the country and around the world, students and scholars, that will come and share their knowledge with all of us and the entire world. And that we will, we will extend the, the, the borders of our, of our museum a hundredfold, but it will be based on the rigors of academic study. And that's the future of this museum, along with this physical presence. So with that, I want to say thank you for being here. And please do two things. Enjoy, but then give us your feedback. Because the only way we're going to get better is if you tell us how it feels. And there's a place in the museum where you can actually you can leave your thoughts. You can share your thoughts virtually with us. So thank you for being here. Thanks for all of you who traveled long distances to be here. All of you who made this happen. Our elected officials, thank you. This is just not a Bronzeville thing. It's not even a Milwaukee thing. It's a Wisconsin. It's an international thing. God bless you all, and thank you. You stay here. I was told there was a So, um, and I've known him for over 40 years. Um, so, I have in my possession a resolution from um, our university, and I'm going to read that. Um, Where are you reading glasses from? I got it. Pull it out. We're not young anymore. Um, everybody from Tuskegee, you can stand except for Bert's parents. Y'all could relax yourselves. <laughs> The resolution reads as follows. Whereas Dr. Robert Burt Davis graduated from Tuskegee Institute University with a Bachelor of Science degree in Animal and Poultry Science Biology in 1983 and a Doctor of Veterinary Medicine degree in 1989. Whereas Dr. Davis was principal of the nonprofit strategic consulting firm DRMD Strategies, LLC, and former president and CEO of two Iowa organizations, the Dubuque County Historical Society and the National Mississippi River Museum and Aquarium. He is the former president and CEO of the Zoological Society of Milwaukee. During his tenure there, Dr. Davis secured a $6.7 million donation the largest foundation gift the society has received to date before the society the zoological before the zoological society dr davis was vice president of education for chicago's lincoln park zoo whereas congratulations are in order on his appointment as the president and ceo of america's black holocaust museum whereas he is a faith, he is faithful in service to all and is an exemplary mentor, role model, and diligent son of Mother Tuskegee. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed that the administration, faculty, staff, students, and alumni of Tuskegee University applaud your accomplishments and service to humankind. In witness whereof, 
I have hereunto set my hand, so proclaimed, the 25th day of February, 2022, in honor of Robert Davis on the hallowed grounds of Tuskegee University. And this is signed by Dr. Charlotte P. Morris, Ph.D., President of Tuskegee University. So yeah, we've been friends and brothers for over 40 years. Not only were we roommates, but he was co-best man in my wedding. My other best man, Dr. Peter McCauley, is right there. Um, okay, we got to get you guys in the museum. Thanks, man.